0: when you start to think very clearly about um, what it is that you do and why you do what you do, a lot of it comes not from this whole notion of photography, but whatever it is that fulfills you as a person.
1: Hey, Wiki Hunters, welcome to another podcast or the art of photography podcast almost forgot my own podcast name there my apologies um yeah i mean it's really exciting it's been amazing journey um it's, it's been really inspiring just not for um, not only for you guys but also for me talking to these amazing photographers and sharing their, their wisdom um and their knowledge it's just really amazing um i actually have not only watch them once or twice I've watched multiple times and going back over again so really really awesome to hear these guys just share their knowledge and yeah today we have um, one of my early mentor when I first started photography actually I learned one of the um, flash one of the technique flash yeah one of the technique from him and he's uh, it's that was like it's crazy. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but this is Sang, and he is um w- one of the um he runs um photography trips all around the world, and he is um one of the um the go-to person, I suppose. I think for um people in Perth. Um, so Sang, how you doing? Welcome to the yeah, podcast. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Stanley. Good to be here. Yeah, I can't I can't believe how long it
0: did uh, it's been, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long time ago. I've been running the business uh, for what is it, eleven years now. But yeah, I think you came you came in a few years ago, right? Yeah, I remember you
1: being a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. So I, I, I actually came, I sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I came in I think three times, um, two of the walkthrough and I remember I, I booked two of the, the photo walkabout with you with you and then I for I I I s um I had the, the the reservation wrong, or I thought mm-hmm. I had the wrong reservation and I went to the wrong location. It was so funny, um, I it's like, oh yeah, that was in Fremantle. you went to the wrong location in Fremantle. <laughs> yeah. I went to the one next week or something. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right was those were the days yeah yeah but, uh, but um yeah, I mean like um so like I've. I've learned a lot from you and, um, you know, watching your, not only from your workshop, but also watching your photography and um, um, the way you compose and the way you vision a lot of this scenery. Um, So just tell us a little bit about yourself so um, the listeners know about you and maybe a little bit of um, origin story of, you know, how this photography um, passion come about. Okay,
0: I'll try and keep it as brief as possible. Otherwise, it just gets, uh, gets a little bit too long. So my name is Seng Ma and I'm based in Perth in Western Australia. Uh, I've been living here for about 37 years now. Uh, prior to that, I was, uh, I was actually born in Malaysia, uh, but came here as a young person with my family and things like that. I, I run a, a business called Venture Photography Workshops and Tours and it's got two branches of it. Workshops is the education part of it. So as Sammy mentioned earlier, I, uh, I teach photography a whole gamut of different things from beginners all the way down to advanced lighting and portraiture, landscapes and so on. But then I also run photography tours, which was great, up until around, I suppose, March 2020, when uh, when the world and the pandemic kind of shut things down. And so at the moment, I'm just uh, running tours in Western Australia, um, and uh, which is a state I'm in, in Australia, and, uh, and I run my photography classes um, with some regularity, it's my. I'm a full-time professional photographer. I also do. Uh, I also do commercial photography um, on the side as well. Um, so yeah, I still work as a photographer, but I teach photography and I take people away on photography trips. You asked me about my passion. I think. Um, I think a lot of us get into photography just because we um, like creating things, and uh, and one of the things which I, I that got me into photography was really kind of just um, in a way, kind of documenting moments. And I guess you know, at the moment now, uh, my my preferred genre in photography is. Uh, travel and documentary and I think it comes from the fact that I, I do enjoy documenting moments and then just from basically using my dad's old Nikon film camera I kind of graduated around 2004 2005 and got my first um, digital SLR and things basically progressed from there so I've been running venture photography workshops and tours for about 11 years now yeah
1: wow 11 years wow yeah all right, so it's late a long,
0: long time, <laughs> but it feels, like, it feels like only last year that I started, so it's I'm obviously <laughs> enjoying it.
1: Uh, did, you, did you actually study photography? or
0: No, I'm, I'm self-taught. I'm what you call a self-taught It's an interesting thing in photography. I find that um, it's probably one of those fields that you can get into without actually having to complete any kind of formal qualification. And from my understanding, uh, in terms of the sorts of formal training that you do, it takes two sides of it. One's the practical industrial side. So basically, you learn how to take photographs. You learn how to uh, work as a professional photographer so that you can do commercial work or portraiture work and, uh, or weddings or things like that. Uh, you learn a bit about the marketing side of things. Uh, and then the other side of it is probably more the the history and the theoretical side of things they' looking at, at photography within the uh, uh, the framework of um, i suppose the history of photography and the work of other photographic practitioners and people who are working in a whole range of different styles and genres and things like that, and relating photography back to the whole notion of um, of art and the way of seeing and stuff like that and I think um, you know, quite often, uh, to be a good photographer, you really need this great combination of um, both of them, um, one thing and the other, uh, in order to be able to produce the great images, but also to be able to understand where the, the, the images that you're producing, where they sit in relation to what has been produced before, what has been created at the moment, and uh, what possible paths may be taken in terms of photographic image making into the into the future as well? So I think it's a it's quite often a nice balance. Then, in some respects, because I'm completely self taught, and I actually come, unfortunately, I come from a a fine art background as well. So I studied fine arts um, at university years and years and years ago. So uh, while I know the practical side of photography and the pragmatic side, you know how to how to teach photography, how to you know shoot, how to use lighting and all that, I also understand photography as a as a form of artistic expression and where it sits um at the moment in relation to all the work that's come before and and potentially where it may lead down the uh, down the line as well.
1: That's uh, yeah that's amazing. I think um you know um there's a lot of um a lot of um not only like I guess false perception that photography is um it's not considered art and I'm really really glad that you mentioned that you know um that there is um uh, two things to photography um one of th- one of them is the the artistic side of things and the other one is like more the technical side with the camera and so forth um so what why would you like sort of like um consider photography as an art? Because, you know, nowadays, everyone can kind of take photos, right? I mean, the new iPhone takes such an amazing photos. And um, would you consider like those photos as an art as well? Or, you know, what do you think? Share us your thought.
0: Well, let me just answer that with another example, because you gave an example of the iPhone and people being able to take images and all that. So let's say, for example, I have a wall in my home, okay? I have a few choices. I'm going to paint it, but I got a few choices, right? I could uh, buy a, a big tub of paint and just paint the wall. Let's say I painted cream, neutral vanilla color, paint the wall cream, and I've created a painting, correct? Yeah? Or I could, you know, take a mix of colors and I could splash the color around on the wall and I could just create a multicolored rainbow splattered wall. So I've also created a painting. Uh-huh. or I could buy more colors and more paint and I could paint a uh, landscape scenery on the wall and I've actually created a painting or I could instead buy a very large canvas and paint something else on the canvas and I've created a painting as well so which one would you consider art, and which one would you not consider so I have, I have uh,
1: never heard that um, analogy before that's that's amazing I think uh, um for yeah, for for those people who kinda um don't see it as an art. That's that is amazing. Um I'm I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna take that and get like copyright it by by saying so, so,
0: Yeah, so I guess just a kind of uh kind of prevaricate on what you're saying a little bit as well. I guess the, the thing with photography is um Photography emerged, I guess, historically almost in direct competition to what was perceived as art uh, back at that time, because suddenly there was the ability to create a way of capturing or, or documenting or representing a scene, which, you know, compared to now took ages, but back then was a lot faster and perhaps more realistic in its depiction than, um, than painting. So it created this massive kerfuffle in terms of what would you consider then? you know, What, what is photography? Where does it sit? Is it, is it a tool? Is it, um, is it something that's used to, to record uh, an aspect or representation of reality? Or, or is it an art form? Is it just another way of expressing um, the, the, the inner vision or the artist's vision in that sense there? And it created a massive kind of paradigm shift um, in, the, in the art world. And I guess because photography and the use of the camera um, which is basically a light box that captures light um it's different from um say for example being a sculptor or a or a, or a painter or something along the lines of an artist in that sense and because photography is in the service of a whole range of different potential outcomes so say for example you could photograph something to record it like you know real estate photographers photograph homes inside and out to Provide a an advertisement for it. You could create that, so it, it serves a, a very pragmatic, functional um, outcome. In that in that respect, there you could use it to take portraits of people, essentially document what people look like, and and that's another kind of really kind of very pragmatic, functional um, purpose um, to photography. You could use it to um, record events. You could use it when you're traveling to record your travel experiences and things like that. So it still has a very um, um, practical reason for, for photography. And I think because a lot of people experience photography through this practical um, aspect of it, you know, think about it, right? your, your earliest memories of, the, of photographs, you know, it's quite often family photographs, photographs of yourself, of yourself as a baby taken by parents or, grandparents and so on and so forth you might see photographs you know from say you know your parents generation your grandparents generation from their travels from their trips from their you know family gatherings at home and all that so your introduction as most people's introductions to photography would be some level of of representation of, of their lives in that sense that even if it were someone born you know within the last 15 years or 10 years their introduction to photography would be images they've seen on the phone or the uh, tablet. And it's basically still a record in there. So because of that, I think we tend to perceive photography less as an art form and more as something that is like a documentary, a documenting recording kind of process. But at the end of the day, you know, um, the camera is still a box that captures light. It's a technology in that box that has changed. Um, you know, over over time, I've changed a lot more rapidly recently, obviously. And um, so, the way in which that particular box, that particular tool, is used, um, and the reason in which it's used, defines the actual product, whether it is a documentary thing or whether it's actually something um, quite artistic. You know, we always boil down to tools. You know, the, the analogy of the paint on the walls and the paint on the canvas, for example. Or if you've got um, rock and a sculptor with a hammer and different types of chisels, those are the tools. At the end of the day, it's just a set of tools and, and what it actually creates can then be regarded as to whether it's something that's pragmatic. So, you know, they might, the, the, the sculptor might produce a column or a pillar to hold up a wall or it might, they might produce a sculpture of such and such for whatever artistic purpose in there. I think. You know, when people say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, I think what is art is in the eye of the creator. And uh, and, and quite often art is defined by a marketplace as well. So, you know, there, there, are, there are commercial entities out there um, who um, work very hard for their own purposes, commercial purposes to define what is art and what isn't. And I think there's always an agenda behind this definition of art. And unfortunately, a lot of um, people who work in the creative field agonise over... Whether what they're producing is art or not, and I think they spend far too much time agonizing about it, rather than um, thinking about what it is that they're producing and then working hard to do something with what it is that they're producing. Whether they're producing a a column to hold up a wall or whether they're producing a beautiful sculpture, they they need to define what it is that they are, what they're doing. So so I guess in answer to that question in a very long, convoluted way is why don't we just start by defining what art means to us and what we produce, and then go from there.
1: That's awesome. That is, uh, wow. It's just so much wisdom. Um, that's, uh, I'd I'd never, um, hear it in that perspective. And that's amazing to hear that in that perspective and the way you put it. Um, I love how you say, you know, um, a camera, even though with all the technology nowadays at the end of the day, it's just a box and, um, you're right. You know, at the end of the day, the camera won't click by itself. You know, you have to set it up. It's, it's all in your hand as a, as a creative, um, uh you know the, the creative creator so that's yeah
0: exactly
1: yeah i totally love that um that you you mentioned that um so you talk about document photography there and um you know like um how um the the document um documentary uh, photography might not be considered as much as um Um, Art compared to like a lot of those like you know the fine art or the illustrative because you know the illustrative are um, a lot more closer because you don't actually take that realistic um, kind of image, but you know it gives you the creativity in there. I personally think there are, there is a lot of art in documentary, and I think you do too and I would love for you to to talk about that um, what what your thoughts on that in terms of um, documentary photography, especially when you travel and stuff like that um, you know and how it relates to the art side of things
0: I think at the end of the day, if you 're going to look at documentary photography and travel photography, they all serve a particular purpose, and I think you need to define what it means to you for me, everything starts with a definition. For yourself, so you know, you can you can travel and create fine art pieces when you travel. As you know, you could you know you could travel to Canada and then create a beautiful wintry landscape that uh, you perceive as being an artistic expression of your I don't know sense of isolation or loneliness or something like or 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 peace or calm or and then it might look really pretty and people might buy it for their own homes or it might resonate with someone else and they are drawn to it for purely emotional reasons. So in that way. you can create what is essentially thought of as artistic photography um, when you're traveling. You can also create illustrative work while you're traveling because you take a picture of a tree, a picture of a chapel, a picture of a hill, and you Photoshop it all together. You can create those things. So um, you're creating something out of that through the process of travel. So at the end of the day, you still need to be able to define for yourself what you mean by documentary photography and what you mean by by travel photography. And for me, when I define it, it's it's very... it's. it it coexists together because when I travel I'm documenting something in terms of the travel and the travel photography part of it simply means that when I travel I'm looking at being able to photograph a sense of place and a sense of culture a sense of community and a sense of people um, in the uh, in the environment which I'm actually traveling in Um, so that is that is my own definition of uh, of of travel and documentary photography it's about it's about you know conveying uh, a moment, uh, an emotion, um, a story that's based on um, human activity, for example, uh, or a place uh, through um, through my photography there and if someone else resonates with it and wants to um, call it art, that's great. Um, I sometimes will call it art, but you know you know there I think i uh, uh, we call ourselves photographers, um, you know, in that sense, there. And then when we're interrogated a little bit further, we might then start to go into genres of photography, like, you know, uh, I'm a travel photographer or I'm a documentary photographer and stuff like that. And then anything beyond that, I think, is a lot of soul searching that comes into it. But it's an interesting point that you, you talk about this art versus photography dichotomy because, as you know, within the photographic circles in the community, Um, there appears to be a little bit of a backlash against things which are photographic in origin, but a lot of people don't consider photographs. So the illustrative work, for example, where people construct images from photographic sources, you know, a tree that was taken in there, a church that was taken in there, a cloud taken somewhere else, you know, a flock of birds taken somewhere else, and then they composite it together. So there are a lot of people who Get up in arms and say that's not photography, you know, that is art. <laughs> and, or that is uh that is um illust- as an illustration. In fact, we have the category called illustrative photography in and yeah. of itself. It's almost as if we need to categorize this thing. So that's the complete opposite of it, isn't it? Saying like, well, it's art now, we can't call it photography, you know. So I think those things are constantly being defined and redefined. And I just get back to the fact that at the end of the day, you have to be really true to yourself and you have to define it. yourself first because once you define something for yourself it makes explaining your work a lot easier so what I often tell people to do even if they're new to photography and they don't know what they like photographing and all that is if you can take a blank page and just let whatever's in your head stream out in terms of what it is so you say you know I like to and you just write 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 that's the first step in being able to define what it is that, um, what it is that you you like photographing, and and how you're going to go about defining what photography means for you,
1: to begin with. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Um, I think one thing that I really like um, from that point that you bring is that defining something for yourself. And um, you know, in this media era and the social media era, I think a lot of the times, and you know, I'm I'm one of those person where I um, when I started I I was defined by everyone else instead of defining for yourself. Right, and, that's right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after a while, like, you know, you you, you get – you lose kind of the passion because you stop taking photos for yourself. And, you know, you stop taking photos that express yourself. And I think, like, especially in the photography era, one of the things that I love about photography is just the way that everyone's perspective is different. And, you know, like, it's it's just – it's like you don't have to be the same that's what makes it great like the difference is what makes it great so i'm really glad that you mentioned that um yeah so i mean you you do a lot of different genre of photography isn't it you you go from uh, portrait to um commercial to travel to documentary um if you were like you know what's your favorite and, or, you know, like what, what do you like out of those things? You know, there's not a lot of people that actually like to do all, um, all the different genre because most mm-hmm. people are either like a landscape or a portrait or wildlife and so forth. And, um, how, how did you kind of like, um, get into, um, get that exposure to all these different genre?
0: It's really interesting because I never actually come from a position where I let what I do as a photographer be defined by other people. Uh, people like categories. People like labels. So they quite often ask questions like, "What kind of photography do you do? Are you a landscape photographer, or are you a portrait photographer, or are you a animal photographer? Do you like wildlife and all that?" And those are categories, right? Those are labels. And I think a lot of people who start off in photography, they they think that they have to fix, they have to they have to be able to um, fit into one of these little pigeonholes, these little boxes in order to be able to then start to define what it is that they do. And this is where the kind of self-reflection comes in really handy, because I think um, when you start to think very clearly about um, what it is that you do and why you do what you do, a lot of it comes not from this whole notion of photography, but whatever it is that fulfills you as a person, right? So I'm a person who enjoys learning about other people. I'm a person who enjoys um, connecting with other people, engaging with other people. I'm actually, you know, um, very, very curious about other people's lives. Like before, I took up photography um, in a in a very serious way. I also wrote a lot, like wrote stories and stuff like that. So uh, that's a I that was a storyteller. I enjoyed storytelling because a curiosity about creating things about people's lives. And I often talk to people and try to find out more about their lives and all that. So if you look at that aspect of it, that translates into an interest in people. And through photography, how do you basically represent an interest in people? You take pictures of people. You take portraits of people. So that's where the portraiture comes in. And then again, you know, with landscapes and all that, you know, there's a part of me which enjoys the natural world immensely. And you enjoy going out and you enjoy seeing beautiful scenery and you look at beautiful light. And how do you go about expressing that creatively when you're a photographer? Oh, you become a landscape photographer. And that basically then um, leads you on to try a whole range of different techniques. You know, you, you learn to photograph in the right light. You learn to chase that light. You learn to work with the light that nature has given you at that particular point in time, regardless of whether it was the light you're looking for or not. You learn other techniques, you know, that come through like your long exposures, for example, using filters or your focus stacking and... Uh, in your case, your astrophotography, you know, um, that comes through um, in that aspect of it as well. So that's also sort of different. And in, 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 in your in your wilderness photography, for example, you know, the pristine landscapes that you find in the Rockies and things like that. So there is that aspect of it that that appeals to me. And it still comes from the heart. Comes from a part of the spirit that says, I relate to the beauty in the natural world. All right um you know so there's that aspect of it and how do you go about finding more and more about the world well you know you travel for example i i have a an interest in um culture and history so a lot of my travel and because i've got a background in art as well as literature for some strange reason um one of the things i love doing was basically to go to museums and stuff like that when i'm traveling and i love going to those old historical towns because i've read about it i've seen I know the history of, of those areas. So it's about relieving that, that, that thing that when you go and travel there, you know? So how do you express that love of, of new, new worlds and new lands and new towns and all that kind of stuff? How do you express that love of being able to see for your very eyes, ancient history uh, manifest in front of you? Well, you do that through your travel photography, travel photography. So I think for me, and it's probably true for a lot of people, um, those labels don't mean anything because for me, it's really about, this is my interest. So I photograph what I'm interested in. Um, this is what resonates with me. So I photograph what resonates with me. It just happens to apply, people can apply labels to them. So that's why people say, oh, you know, you photograph um, portraits and you photograph landscapes and you photograph your um, travel and all that. You know, so so people apply those categories, and I think you know at the end of the day, all you're doing is say you're a photographer, and you're making images of things that you like and and experiences that resonate with you. That's that's all it is. So so that's that's for example, is a a reason why you know I'm not that interested in say photographing flowers. That uh, doesn't appeal to me. Uh, I'm really not that interested in photographing birds because it doesn't appeal to me, you know, those sorts of things. So uh, I don't go around chasing little spiders and insects and all that with the macro lens, because I'm not interested in it. So for me, um, photography is really about fulfilling what interests me and acknowledging also that interests change over time. I may find new things that are very interesting to me and then I may then pursue them. photographically and if there's a label that goes in it, great. If there isn't, well that's fine as well.
1: That's that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, um I I totally can resonate with that because I'm I'm a bit like that. I, I just like to take photo of whatever. And um mm-hmm. the reason why I like to take photo of the stars is just I love I I I grow to I get frustrated being um um just always struggling with um a lot of people, especially when here in the Rockies, you know with the Amana tourists here and when you do astro um but it, it's like photography um what photography was meant to me when I started was it was more like a meditation it was like me and the camera and the nature or with whatever it is I shoot you know whether it's a portrait or wildlife so that that's that's why I I kind of get into more of the astro because of that reason but it's it's not necessarily that i you know i like to shoot astro more than the sunset i love sunset photos you know they're amazing but just that when i do sunset and sunrise usually there's like 20 other people next to me and you know sometimes i just want to be by myself and for that reason i i tend to do shoot more astro
0: so it's so pretty much an expression of your own personal um interests
1: isn't it? your own
0: the way you are as a person right
1: yeah yeah that's great but so um what do you think of the social media how, how does that impact the perception of photography and how it kind of shape the the photography nowadays especially for those of you who who just started right because this is all they know if they just started um you know mm-hmm. for someone like you you have that different um understanding of what art is um but for those people that kind of just started they might not see anything past Instagram photography, you know? What do you think about, um, yeah, about that? But the
0: first thing I've got to say is I think what what social media has done for photography and photographers is it's actually made a lot of people very aware about the value of the visual image as opposed to basically just, say, um, someone writing a long essay and posting it on a blog or something along the lines of that. So Instagram, for example, uh, is clearly a very visually driven um, social media platform, and so what it 's done is it 's actually foregrounded for a lot of people that uh, photographs, images visuals are incredibly important uh, as part of this social media transaction that takes place so that 's a really good part of it because basically it 's making photography very prevalent in the eyes and minds of a lot of people obviously there 's a flip side of it in the sense that what happens then is um People begin to limit themselves in terms of what images they actually take because they they almost in a way kind of mimic or duplicate what has been deemed successful before. So, um, you know, the the sorts of we're talking about selfies, but it's not just a selfie; it is a particular style of of selfie. Um, you know, a lot of influences um, are practically, quote unquote, Instagram models because they are producing images that look very kind of fashion editorial, whatever it is that they're promoting or influencing on, on their platforms. Um, they, are, they are being photographed or photographing themselves or whatever it is they're photographing in a way that fulfills the need to gain more followers or, or, or promote a product or something along the lines of that. So even though everyone sorts of realizes that there is uh, a greater need for visual images, the variety is being reduced. The variety in visual imagery being produced because of social media has been reduced to a, a kind of repetitive duplication of what people deem to be successful. It's in in photographic circles. It's kind of like you know someone taking a picture of something like the bluebird shade in Crawley in Perth, for example, and then it's successful. So everyone else goes there and they repeat the same process because they believe that photographing that subject in that light from that angle can repeat that success but what it simply does is it creates a super saturation of that image so the power of the original image is so watered down by that that repetition itself think about um, the Wanaka tree for example right in New Zealand the sole autumnal tree in the lake growing out there I'm sure the first time it was published it blew the minds of people away but now we look at it and we don't even give it a second glance because the um, you know, media is so super saturated with images you know, in the in tree. And even in Canada, for example, uh, I know there's a really blue lake, I think it's, it's like really the lake mountains lake. coming down. What, what lake, lake Louise, is it? Lake Louise or? and Moraine Lake. And Moraine Lake. lake. There's so many images taken from the same lookout positions that initially it looks amazing, but eventually it's like, well, you know, nice. <laughs> you just kind of move on. So I think, I think what social media has done is it's actually created this, this uh, repetitiveness um, in the way people take photographs. Um, you know, people, very cynical people, basically look at this whole thing where they can pull out very similar-looking images. You know, someone in a red jacket standing in front of a giant waterfall in Iceland, for example, or someone on a rock in a red jacket and a hat overlooking a lake. That images, that those images have been repeated at Nauseam. Um, so it's created this kind of... Um, a culture of imitation rather than a culture of uh, of originality, because I think the purpose of imagery in social media is actually governed not by the desire to actually create an image, but the desire to gain some level of fame or notoriety through uh, social media, uh, and not so much um, wanting to actually create images and for one reason I mean if you ask yourself right why am I putting images on social media if I get every person look, listening to this who uses Instagram and ask and then they answer this question why am I posting this photograph on social media in my Instagram and what would the answer be Probably. what's your answer Stanley right. if you post a picture on Instagram why do you post it on Instagram
1: my uh, my answer to post is that to share my um um my travel and my what-up experience with other people and um you know those that's why i like to take those views that are quite unique because i want to show people um um you know that unique perspective that people never experience and share that kind of thing but yeah you're right i think a lot of um a lot of part of it is also to get that likes and also to get that comments right get that um sense of confirmation, saying that, you know, yes, you are doing the right thing. Uh, yeah. so, so there is two things to it. And I think some people kind of have, have, have it more towards one or the other, depending on what they're doing. I'm not sure if that's um, how you feel as well. Do you use hashtags on Instagram? Totally. Why? That's mainly because uh, for the business perspective side of things. And, um, so people
0: can find your images, right? So people yeah, can find it. Exactly, images yeah. and it works with the Instagram algorithm and it increases exposure, increases likes. So the reason you're posting on Instagram is purely driven by the fact that you are trying to gain some level of exposure and gain some level of, um, you know, and that's the reason why I post on Instagram. I just have no use of Instagram at all. So, I don't use Instagram as a micro blogging of my daily life or anything like that. I lead a very boring life. If I were to <laughs> deliberately post my life on Instagram, it would be like coffee, coffee, breakfast, cereal. You know, oh, yeah, here's, uh, here's me driving to the shops. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a completely unglamorous life. So, we, we create fictions on Instagram, we create fictions in social media. And I think that's what social media excels in it excels in allowing us to curate um, the way we present ourselves and the way we present our work to the world it's almost like having like a micro exhibition or having a publishing a a mini book except this one just keeps going on and on and on and on and on so um so the impact of social media for me on on photography is that it encourages a lot of photography it doesn't matter what medium you're using what 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 camera you're using it encourages a lot of photography it encourages a lot of self-reflection and curation about your own photography these things are extremely good things to have in your mind when you're a creative person to be able to reflect and analyze your own work to basically curate your own work so that you're not just putting rubbish out there is are great things, but on the other hand they're all kind of been moving in a direction of essentially mimicry and imitation rather than the creation of original stuff, stuff that may not resonate with other people um, stuff that may not Um, garner the likes and the followers and everything else um, that comes that comes with it so yeah we are we are doing the right thing in terms of curating and all that but we're probably curating it in a direction that doesn't actually allow for the exploration and the expression and the presentation of a more personal vision that's my take on it anyway
1: that's uh, yeah that's very interesting for you to say that Um, yeah I think um, you're definitely right um, right there Um, um, Instagram kind of help um, photographers to kind of get out there and share their story and all that stuff as well but I think that the other side of thing is that people um, saw this popular photo that got that is successful and then they get really fixated with that um, and I think the really sad thing about that is like like what you say you know like when you do it on Instagram you do you will always want to try to do one for, you know, the followers and the likes and stuff. But also um, from my perspective, it's like, don't stop creating for yourself. So, you know, um, I think one of the, one of the education that I got from marketing um, on Instagram was saying that, yes, do do your, you know, do your um, popular posts and then put it out there, but don't discount the, the photo that really means something to you. And then, don't worry about how many likes you're going to get on it because you already get that likes from you know, this popular one. So yeah, there's definitely a really hard balance there to take right now.
0: I think the danger there is to actually approach things like that with a level of maturity and a level of self-awareness as well. A lot of people, no longer they stop taking pictures of what it is that they are appealing to. They're, they're taking pictures of what's popular because they, they, they're, they're using social media purely as a popularity contest. So I think that's, a, that's actually quite a, a sad part of it in the sense that a lot of people who are very, very skilled, very skilled and uh, have the ability to create very fine images, but um, um, it, it's almost kind of being driven in a direction of creating what's popular, what's, what's going to appeal to the uh, market. It's a very business oriented kind of approach. Uh, you know, rather than creating images that, uh, that appeal to them and who cares what happens. Let the images find the market. Let the images find its viewers rather than creating images for an anticipated or expected audience, you know. It's, uh, but at the end of the day, that's what art is, you know. Do you create art because you know it's going to sell? In order to sell, it's got to basically appeal to a particular audience, right, a particular aesthetics. Or do you create art? and hope that it finds its audience. And through finding its audience, you find a market for it, you know? Which one's the easier one to do, right? right
1: yeah. So. yeah, totally. Um, I think what you say there is very correct. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame that a lot of people that have that potential of new perspective get kind of beaten down. And uh, I, I, you know, that was me for, um, definitely it was me when I started. I was, um, I was an Instagram photographer. I go to places that looks great on Instagram. And without having second thought, I would take that particular spot. I was like, where is that perspective taken for? And I took that. And um, it took me a while until I realized that, man, like, you know, like, this is not why I got here. You know, my mission was to to actually show people the world, the unseen world. It's like, why am I taking the photo that people take forever, like, you know, all the time. So um, I think that, that, that message that you say you have to be true to yourself and define it for yourself is like, really a home run for a lot of this because at the end of the day like um, a lot of us see photography as a way to express ourselves and as a creative outlet in in our life right and um, I think like there's a lot of people that even though they do like a full-time job a nine-to-five as an accounting or whatever they may be that photography become their creative outlet so yeah don't let that go away from from you so that's great. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned that um you used to um you used to um you were interested. You're very interested on people, people's story and uh, um and also like you know um history. How how does that have um how how that storytelling have reflect in your photography and how that kind of translate from you know like words to um to to basically a single frame image.
0: Yeah. Storytelling is one of those new buzzwords that have actually popped into photography. Um, well, it's always been in part of photography, but at the moment, it seems to be in everyone's consciousness, partly because I think a lot of uh, competitions have judges who go on and on and on about how an image must tell a story and all that. So that's a, that, can be a, that can be quite a confusing thing for people to kind of think about, but a photograph is a, photograph a static image in one frame. So how do you tell a story about, about a photograph in that static image? Um, the, the, way, the best way I can relate to that, basically, is let's say, for example, you are in a bookstore and you are browsing books or in the library and you're browsing books. Now, you're not going to be able to read every single book there, right? So how do you assess which books are essentially going to appeal to you? You might look at the title, you might look at the cover, you might look at the author, and then you might open to the first chapter or the first few paragraphs and then you read it. Now, there's got to be something in that initial process that's going to basically give you an indication that you want to read more, so you will borrow or buy the book, okay? Um, And what is the thing that actually gets you to decide that you're going to invest more time in that book? Because, you know, when you read a book, you're basically telling, telling yourself and telling the world, hello, take three days of my life that I'll never get back because I'm going to invest it in reading this book. If you're going to watch a movie, okay, it's going to be an hour and a half of my life. I'm never going to get back, or two hours of my life, I'm never going to get back. So I'm going to, you know, you, you better be good, right? And what is the thing that actually pulls us in and makes us commit that aspect of our life, which we have in limited supply, um, to that? And that's where the story lies. It's it's the hint, it's the hook that basically says, hey, it's worth investing time and emotion and to commit to this particular book or film or in the case uh, a photograph. So the way I basically say when talking about storytelling and photographs is the same concept coming through here. There has to be a, a hook, there has to be something that captures the interest of the viewer and asks for the viewer to commit time in engaging with that photograph. In other words, the viewer is almost in a way saying, I'm gonna emotionally connect with this this image. I'm gonna spend some time exploring it visually. I'm gonna try and get an understanding of what is actually happening um, in in this image here. And in doing so, I'm actually going to receive a sense of something fulfilling or something satisfying through my engagement with that image. And that's what I mean by uh, the storytelling. We may have bought a book or borrowed a book and not finished reading it because it it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. We, we didn't want to commit any further to it. Same thing with the movie or a film or whatever it is, right? Or, you know, if you binge watch um, Netflix and you watch, you know, season one of a, a series and by about midway to season one, you're going like, nah, I'm not going to, this is not interesting me at all. I've just wasted, you know, four hours of my life watching the first four episodes or something like that you're making a decision to abandon that because the story is no longer appealing to you. So I think a storytelling in an image is about having the viewer engage with the image or your image where they are investing time. They're committing their attention to it and they're engaging with it. So how do you how do you do that? For me it's about it's it's more than just being a pretty picture. So you know like um if you're scanning a travel brochure and all the images that are amazingly beautiful because they're obviously selling their destination, right? And some of them you look at and you stare for ages and you can almost feel yourself kind of being there. And that's a story. That's an image that's captured that particular feeling and it's drawn the viewer into the image and the viewer is exploring the landscape in an image with their eyes and the imagination. That's a powerful image. It tells a story and it's drawing us into this narrative there. You could look at a travel photograph or a documentary photograph or a portrait and you're investing in the emotion. That you look at a portrait of um, someone and you can identify with the emotion in their eyes, for example. You begin to explore what they're wearing and you're kind of relating what they're wearing to their life circumstances. You're looking at the background, what it might be in the background and you're kind of looking at how that background might relate to their life circumstances, their story. So you're investing more than just a cursory glance at the picture and that's a story that pulls them into that. So I guess the story, lies in, the story lies in the details that engage us and takes us into the, the world that's represented in a photograph. It's not necessarily having something exciting happening. It's not necessarily having something that's kind of like visually explosive or anything like that. But it's the small things that make us linger longer in the image and gets us to invest and to enter the world. Of the image and in the same way in which we imaginatively enter the world that's being told to us in a book, or which we engage emotionally with the characters that we watch in a film, we actually care for them and we are—we uh, don't want them to get, you know, they're the bad circumstance as part and parcel of what makes dramatic tension in a in a film. But we want to see what happens to them and hopefully, hopefully it's a happy ending. And that's why we stay until the end. And I think the same kinds of emotions kind of apply in the way which we engage with photographs. So if your images. Can tap into those very triggers that will get people to invest and commit and engage with those images on those levels, then it's a storytelling image does that makes
1: sense yeah wow that is that is crazy um, like one other thing that i, I 'm um, very interested to I actually had to put a note there just to make sure i don 't forget um, you know in this social media era or especially on the you know technology era um, we we get bombarded with content and everything, right? So, um, if you look at Instagram, we hardly browse through a photo for more than two seconds. We look like next. Look like next. Um, so, what what does it really take to create um, that that photos that um, you know that we that we know as a creator that the story is in the details, but um, for the viewer, they might they might not notice that within that two, three, or even the five seconds that they look at it. Um, what does it actually take to create that sort of um, photography that is so powerful to hook your, um, your viewer um, and engage them further into the detail of your photo?
0: Are you talking about in a social media platform like Instagram? Or are you talking? You're talking about social media platform I mean, like Instagram. Right? I
1: think I think it's just in in general, not only social media. Um, I think, uh, you know, we have a lot of competition. For example, right nowadays, and you know, when you look at competition, we I think we can we can kind of think about you know less of the popular shot if if that's what you meant kind of thing. Um, but also you know the judges um will have hundreds and hundreds of entries. Right. Right. Yep. But what does it take or you know, how do you create that photo that's so powerful so that the judges will actually invest further, as you said earlier, within, uh, within that um, story or within that frame? I think, to
0: you know, you know, answer the question, you've got to kind of think about how we, we as viewers read and process uh, visual images, right? Um, and a lot of that is quite often very, very subjective as well. Um, you know, if, if, we can't, if we can make meaning of an image, we are probably more um, willing to um, invest time in exploring it further. If we cannot make meaning of the image um, and there's nothing there that hooks us into it, then it's chances are you know, just scroll past if you're talking about something like Instagram, um, for example. So if what I think you're asking is what are the key elements that will allow an image to engage with a viewer when it is competing with a lot of other images in a saturated, an image saturated kind of context, which could be Instagram, could be if you're judging a photographic competition, you might be looking at over 500, 700,000 of images. So you have to make a decision very, very quickly. Um, if you go to a group exhibition and there are 50 images in the exhibition, You're not going to spend, you know, five minutes on each image. You'll be there forever, right? So you're just going to scan and you're going to stop at certain images and what's going to do that, what's going to pull you into those images over there. Now, having said all of that, I would say that this is probably not a very ideal context in which images should be looked at and consumed by people. This mass production, spamming of images is not the ideal situation, obviously. So when you have an exhibition, you, you curate it so that you're not having your images compete with each other uh, by having too many of them, for example, okay? So so I'll qualify that. So to say what's gonna grab a viewer's attention, I think the first thing is you need a headline. You need that headline. It's like a newspaper article, you need that headline. And the headline needs to hook the viewer in. So if the image is something that a viewer is already familiar with, it's chances are they might just give it a quick glance and, you know, double tapping to give a love heart in Instagram is so easy. It doesn't mean any meaningful en- engagement at all, right? Um, so you scroll past. The actual hook would be basically something that makes the leader go WTF, I think. It's like, well, what is this? You know, what is this? What is this? And then that curiosity then prompts them to look more closely into, the, um, into what's actually happening in the image. And from that, they begin to try to find meaning in that image. And bearing in mind that the meaning that the viewer constructs out of the image is not necessarily the meaning that the photographer or the artist uh, invested into the image itself, but they're they, they already engaged and they begin to draw meaning through gestures. They get they, they, they might lock onto certain expressions uh, they might if it's a portrait they might lock in a certain detail in the images uh, you know things that appear and then that that, that helps them kind of create a, an image uh, uh, kind of creates a story from their uh, processing of uh, of the image itself um, if, that, if that makes sense that's why I was thinking to myself that the uh, the most valuable comment that you can get in social media for any image you put in there is not nice capture or not great image or not awesome or not growth sensational and all that those sorts of uh, feedback you know or not when someone just goes love heart emojis those things require no investment that's just someone you know saying something to be polite and to acknowledge that you know they like your image um it's when someone writes something and says oh my god i know the feeling of this person exactly you know because i've been in that position And this is what happened to me. And then they relay their own story uh, back. And that's when you know that there has been real emotional engagement in that photograph. And I think that's something that we should all aim to look at. An image of, say, a frozen field in the Rockies, and there might be a few struggling plants growing in it. If you put it on Instagram, and someone just puts thumbs up, thumbs up, or the thank you emoji, or the love heart emoji, or the kissy emoji, means nothing, right? But if someone writes, my God, this takes me there, and I can feel the cold in my bones, now, that's real connection with an uh, with image, as opposed to love heart, love heart, and double tap loves, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, for me, if you're looking for real, connection with the people looking at your images if you're looking for your images to actually mean something to people and mean something so that you know invest time in creating the images you know you, you gain. whatever time you've gone into photographing you, you've put into photographing and creating that image it's time you're never going to get back right so um so you want what you produce to be meaningful um you know to at least one other person out there in the world because if you can get a comment like that then you know that's you've achieved that particular achievement, if, if we actually got that. Um, and I think that's what we should, we should aim for rather than this kind of, oh, you know, to, to appease the algorithm of social media, I've got to post two pictures every day and I've got to post an Instagram story every day. I mean, at the end the day, it's a mechanism. The mechanism asks us to engage, it, engage with it in a certain way in order to get the popular likes and all that. But, you know, is that, is that actually good for creativity?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely, yeah, that's great. Um, it's, it's definitely a struggle between the creativity and, uh, being able to reach more, especially with this, like, you know, all the algorithm that kind of basically curate what, 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 you know, seen as popular. So uh, that's great. Um, yeah, look, um, it's, it's it's coming to an hour mark, so I'm just gonna ask you um a couple more questions one of the questions that i'm really interested to get your intake on this is that um um especially based on what you just said before should you caption your photo or should the viewer um you know let uh, interpret that to their own um you know what 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 does the um what does the effect of the caption to, to, to an art of your photography? Will it actually take away that message or will it actually strengthen it? I think it depends on the context
0: in which the image is actually being shown or exhibited. Um, captions can sometimes empower images, make them strong, make, the, make the message, the meaning the way it's consumed and understood and emotionally engaged with a lot stronger incredibly stronger and sometimes captions can impede in letting the viewer kind of just process and make their own meaning so to speak of of the images coming over there so it's not a it's not a binary outcome yes or no you know kind of stuff a lot of it depends on the uh, a lot of it depends on on the contexts in which the captions um well, what I find more useful is something like an authentic artist's statement than a caption. So, for example, if someone's having an exhibition or they publish a book or photographs, so I'm not, let's, let's not talk about Instagram and all that because that's, I think we've talked about that. Let's say you do, you do a photo book or you have an exhibition or something where your work is actually, or even if you've got an online gallery, right, okay, uh, on your website, and you write like a statement from your heart, which means I'm not talking about some kind of highfalutin, you know, wanky type of, you know, artist statement, something that's really from your heart about, about your experiences in making the images, about uh, perhaps the motivation in making the images. I generally speaking don't talk about the meaning in my images, I talk about uh, about, about what, they, what, what they are to me and, and why I photograph them and stuff like that, but I don't prescribe what people should make out of those images there. Um, and talk a lot more about myself and what drives me as a photographer and all that and then let that become like an overarching um, context in which um, people can then use that and apply to the image and see how the images have come about through this particular uh, mindset that the artist had uh, as, a, as a creative person rather than writing individual captions but having said that sometimes captions especially for press images and documentary images sometimes captions are can really kind of uh work very powerfully with the images so that both of them together almost symbiotically um, create an experience for the viewer slash the reader that each of them individually could not have achieved
1: yeah that's that's very interesting i actually i i always um almost always put a story behind the photo you know what what was it like and um what what um what my experience, why I go out that day and so forth. Um, but one of the reasons why I, uh, it, I, um, I want to ask you this question was that, um, just the other day I have, um, I, I saw a comment on, um, on one of the photography group. And then that's what he said. It's like, ah, oh, you know, like, I'd rather not have captions. So I, you know, after our conversation about storytelling, I was really interested to uh, see your take on that. So yeah, that's, that's really good. Cool. Well, um, yeah, look, you've been an educator for a while now, and um, you've got into photography um, for a while now. Um, for those of you who just want to start it and who kind of like, um, you know, got interested and want to create something that is meaningful and that's strong out there, what is the one advice um, you know, one of the most important advice that you would give them?
0: Complete this sentence. I take photographs because I take photographs because dot dot dot. And complete that sentence.
1: That's amazing.
0: That's simple so, as that. that that's is- all it is, because it has to come personally. It, it can't come no, whatever reason you give after the dot dot dot, that's fine, but you just have to define that for yourselves first. Um find out what it is that, that interests you so much that you want to actually take uh photographs of it and then work towards um being the best at it that you can be in what it is that you want to take photographs of. Um, and sometimes you might need to actually push your own comfort um, bound, your boundaries, basically, to um, break through any kind of resistance that your own self might have had to achieve that particular outcome. And I'll give you a really quick example of that one. As I said earlier, I have a very strong interest in people, and I really wanted to connect with them. But uh, in the early days, when, uh, when I, probably fifteen or so years ago, more than that actually. Um, it's hard to approach strangers to ask for their photographs, especially when you're first starting out. And because I, you know, engage with a lot of photographers now, that's still a perennial concern and anxiety with a lot, of, a lot of photographers who want to take photos of people, but they just are not out there with your personality. So I came up with a strategy to get past my own fears and anxieties. And that was to actually have a purpose In the reason why I wanted to take photographs of people and that purpose was to actually basically well uh, create a community photographic project Um, and the community photographic project was essentially tied into what was happening in the world at that particular point in time and at that particular point in time uh, this was I think just probably after what had happened in Bali and everything else with with the bombing. So it's going back quite a long time. And there was a lot of fear and a lot of anger and a lot of uh, uh, suspicion and all that. And I thought one way in which you can actually combat that is to actually, um, you know, get people to express in writing uh, their commitment to basically still be good people, basically. So I went around and I, Wrote on a piece of card. I wrote a, a very simple three or four word statement and I meant to people and I said, Hey, I'm doing a community project where I'm photographing people. If they're willing to commit, they just had to be photographed holding this card. And that's how I got through um, the fear or the anxiety of actually approaching people. Of course, some people said no, but then they said no to the project. They didn't say no to me. And that was a great way of actually. Um, getting past any of those initial hesitancy when in it comes to that. And after that, that was perfectly fine to approach people because you've already built up a particular pattern and a particular level of uh, confidence.
1: Uh, uh, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, yeah, that's uh, one sentence that is really strong. And um, it's really interesting because I've never really actually asked myself that. And, um, you know, that's uh, even for me who've been taking photos for a while, who've been interested for, in photography for a while and i think i know the purpose of my photography but i think it's you know by answering that question it really really you know hit that home run so fantastic you know thanks a lot for the for the advice that's no, good yeah that's uh, it's amazing i'm pretty sure i'm um, the listener at the at home especially those of you kind of just started and not sure where to go with your photography can take this and um yeah, build your own um, meaning and, you know, express yourself through photography instead of um, looking at other things uh, or other people work and try to mimic them. So that's amazing. So for um, those, uh, for the listeners who's interested to learn more about yourself, um, Sang, um, what's the best way to find you?
0: Oh, okay. So I'm obviously all on all of social media as well, but I don't, I don't, I don't garner a very large, following in the tens of thousands or something along the lines of that. I use it, you know, for my own personal purposes and stuff like that. But um, my website is venturephotography.com.au. So they can go there and they can look at the courses. So it'll probably be more relevant for people in Australia, especially in Western Australia, if you want to learn photography with me, if you want to go on my tours and stuff like that at the moment or next year, it's just within Western Australia only. Um, Go to www.venturephotography.com.au and you can see what's basically... On offer there you can follow me on instagram on Seng venture which is my name s-e-n-g then the word venture together and that's mainly kind of like my my travel landscape kind of work um there uh and then obviously on social media you can connect with me on venture photography workshops on facebook or just look for my name singma on facebook pretty much and uh yeah um And I've also got a YouTube channel, but I currently don't, I'm not a YouTube type influencer. I use the YouTube channel more as a learning resource where I put a lot of videos, how-to videos and all that for the classes and people that I teach. I put them up there. During the lockdown um, this year, when WA locked down for about six or seven weeks, and people were at home and couldn't do anything, I ran uh, ran live um, Zoom webinars and sessions like this and had guest speakers and we did, um, you know, things on portraiture and how to use your camera and all those kinds of stuff uh, on, and we have a group on Facebook called Photography, uh, which is uh, spelled P-H-O-T-A-L-K graphy like Photography talk, okay. on Facebook. And that's pretty much it. That's where you can find me.
1: Oh yeah, fantastic. I mean, um, you, got, you got amazing work. So um, for those of you who are interested in travel, um, I actually learned how to use um, light and flash. Um, I still use that technique. It's, um, it's, it's, it's an amazing technique, especially the one that you thought um, during the daylight, but you make everything underexposed. So it looks oh, like, yeah, yeah. I love that technique. Turn,
0: turn day into night, yes, with a flash. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: I, I love that technique and I still like, it was definitely one of my favorite techniques. Um, oh, yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. I still teach that. <laughs> so if you find a flash course with me, you're going to learn how to do that.
1: <laughs> I would never think of it, you know, think of that in, in a million years. So that was amazing to learn. Um, But yeah, like, um, you know, Sang is also a uh, professional accredited uh, photography and has um won a few absent documentary awards. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I was WA Professional Documentary Photographer of the Year a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I've quite often been a finalist in a professional travel photographer of the year awards and
1: things like that. Yep. Exactly. So I um, highly recommend to check out his work. And um, yeah, um, thanks a lot for tuning in and hopefully you enjoy that. Hopefully you get a lot of that. There was a lot of wisdom in that. Um, and thank you very much, Sang, for coming in. from um, that. But i'll see you guys um next week wiki hunters hopefully you guys have a good weekend till next time